Okay, it's the 19th of May 2021, episode 17 of From the Resort Podcast. I'm Tim Wilshire, the networking number cruncher who podcasts people's perspectives. And this is the fifth podcast in the last 10 days. We're sort of catching up a bit on the episode numbers. So um, here today we've got uh, a different sort of uh, dynamic of a podcast. We're actually doing uh, a brother. I think it's the first time we've actually had brothers on the pod on any of my podcast episodes at the same time. So welcome along, Dan and Ted Graham at the Queensland Ice Queenstown Ice Resort. <laughs> well, thanks, Tim. I'm I'm Dan, and uh, real pleasure to be on the podcast today. And uh, Ted, <laughs> this is Ted. Yeah, hi, how you doing? <laughs> Good to meet okay. you. Okay, so you so I guess how we sort of uh, first time I came to the venue was only a couple of weeks ago when we had the. Um, uh, the Queenstown Chamber uh, Business After Five event here, and the first time I really got to experience uh, having a look at the ice rink. It is fantastic. It's a great venue. Um, I've got a friend coming, and we're going to sort of certainly come here a couple of times, I reckon, over the course of the next couple of months. So I look forward to sort of bringing him. He's a big ice hockey fan, so hopefully there's ice hockey on when he's here. But um, I guess we would like to start, start these podcasts. Uh, Dan and Ted is, I guess, where, you, where were you guys born uh, and what was early life, early life like for you guys? Mm-hmm. Well, Ted, Ted, go ahead. I'm <laughs> in Bermuda. <clears throat> so, um, Bermuda, so I don't know anybody else apart from you guys that have been born in Bermuda. So what was that like growing up? From, who's the older brother too, by the way? I'm the older brother. Ted's five years younger than me, so Dan. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, growing up, our parents are Canadian, so so that's where we are Canadian as well. Uh, but born and raised in Bermuda, which was, uh, I mean, a fantastic childhood. And Bermuda is a really interesting place. Um, you know, it's got a long history. It's this, sort of the second uh, oldest colony in well, in North America. So. So the, it was a resupply mission to Jamestown, the failed colony uh, in Virginia that shipwrecked in Bermuda. So Bermuda holds the distinction of all these strange records, like the oldest tennis court in the Western Hemisphere. And, and uh, so there's lots of, uh, it's very British, lots of fortifications it's called the Gibraltar of the West. Um, I think growing up we had, when we were kids, there were three naval bases, Canadian, British, U.S., and we had an Air Force base there as well, hunting for Soviet submarines. So it was, it was, it was kind of, it was a great place to grow up, um, really NASA safe. Base, NASA base there as well. Yeah, that's right, space. Uh, NASA. Okay. That was the actual first communication when the moon went through the Bermuda base first. How populated is Bermuda back when you guys were there? It's about. It's always been around sixty thousand. Okay, still, still um, numbers. Yeah. Yeah, a very small island. What is it? Twenty-one square miles, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could get around. We got around on our bicycles, and uh, and then we all yeah. had mopeds when we were sixteen. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah so, I mean, so I did like yeah. childhood. Just incredible. So you were there pretty much all of your childhood, or? Yeah, I went to boarding school when I was sixteen uh, in Canada. Yeah. Um, that was the first time out of the country for you? Well, I mean, we, yeah. yeah, living, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we both went to university in, in Canada, um, okay, so, in Nova um, Scotia. So Bermuda, um, it's a five years difference in age, so that's, that's always it. Do you have any other siblings, brothers or sisters? Or? Yeah, our sister's uh, in Vancouver at the moment, but she's lived all over. She was in Toronto for a very long time. She went to university there, and um, she's been in Sweden, Italy. She married an Italian 
Yep. Just a couple of years ago, we had a wedding in Tuscany, so that was pretty nice. Good stuff. Yeah, she's just one year older than us. So, yep. yeah. Okay, um, so uh, I guess so going to university, uh, was it Vancouver you went to? Was it, or when did you go to mm-hmm. We went on the East Coast, so our mother is from uh, Nova Scotia. Okay, Nova Scotia. Um, So we went to Dalhousie University, um, which is in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I went to boarding school in Ontario, uh, just on the border there, uh, by by Niagara Falls, um, near Toronto. Never been to Niagara Falls, it's on the bucket list. Yeah, Yeah, it was incredible, but so... Yeah, we got. I guess we got exposed to ice hockey, or you know, yep. because our parents are Canadian. We we'd spend our summers going to Canada, um, and of course, I think we were trying to connect with our Canadian roots. You know, we 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 really were yeah. desperate. So we were Canadians living in Bermuda. Of course, yep. Bermuda is home; it always will be. But we were very much Canadian, so we we were trying to get that connection so I think we latched on to ice hockey and of course okay so favorite ice hockey teams what's your favorite it's still Montreal I guess uh, and I Indians, think yeah. what about yourself same or a different team uh, yeah Montreal I've sort of moved with my favorite player so I went from Montreal to Colorado as he got traded I'm sort of back to Montreal yeah okay so Montreal that's, that's the team how they sort of I don't know how they've been going but how they've been going in, in risky is pretty good uh, they haven't won one. since 1993. So uh, that was the last time a Canadian team won a Stanley Cup. So that's been a huge drop yeah. for Canada, Montreal in particular. They're playing Toronto in this playoff series. Actually, starting tomorrow, I think. Which is the first time they've played in like 43 years. Yeah, it'd be a fierce rivalry, uh, Toronto Montreal. Well, so, so all Canadians sort of divide the country. <laughs> yeah, but, so, um, so, I, so ice hockey. Um, did you actually end up playing ice hockey as kids or, or well, it was all sort of sports? Inline in Bermuda. Obviously, we didn't have an ice rink yeah. in Bermuda. But yep. So it was a bunch of old tennis courts. Yeah. I'm not sure how we even got into there's a There's a fairly large Canadian expat community in Bermuda. Yeah. So I don't know who even started that league. Well, I think in the '90s, you know, the remember inline skates Mighty became Harris. popular for a while. Like it just sort of came out of nowhere, and yeah. so everybody started getting inline skates. And of course, I think somebody just said, "Well, let's just start playing with playing, uh, you know, Anyways, ball hockey." Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning, we'd play on these old tennis courts, right? Um, <laughs> Probably imagine that. Yeah. yeah, well, I should show you a picture of it because it's a really idyllic spot. It's like right on the edge of the cliff. Oh, okay. so, it's beautiful, like turquoise water around these little oh. tennis courts. So every time we'd take a slap shot, you know, a lot of the times we'd just go sailing over the cliff and <laughs> into, into the, the ocean, water. Yeah. So you'd have to have lots of hockey balls. Lots of, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we didn't. And then I think when we were fourteen, uh, when I was fourteen or fifteen, yep. and Ted was ten, we went to an ice hockey camp in New Brunswick, like a. A summer camp, and of course, I could I couldn't even skate. <laughs> Ted Ted was a goalie. He was ten, so he was the right age. But I was a couple of years older than everybody else there, and sort of bumbling around on ice. Um, but we, you know, we did it. We got Ted did really well. Um, uh, you know, but it, it's kind of late to take up ice hockey. You yeah, know, guess, to yeah. try and uh, be competitive at it. Yeah. Um, you know, North Americans and Canadians are born on skates. You know. Um, so, you know, you're at a huge disadvantage. So when I went to boarding school, I did play ice hockey, but, uh, there was no, 
there was never any question of making the the first team yeah. at high school to compete at that level. Just couldn't uh, catch up. Um, yeah. uh, Ted Ted's done really well as a goalie. You know, he's played. He's even played for the Sky City Stampede. Um, yeah, we'll talk a bit about that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he was on the roster. Yeah, he was on the roster. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I never. Yeah. Well, that, he was so. there for in case. You know, so. Well, yeah. unfortunately, we've just been so busy with this place. You know, yeah. would have been nice to actually. It's funny because you'd end up running a rink and don't find the time to play. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just because the winters are so busy for us, you know, kind of yeah. get yeah thorough. Yeah, should have. Uh, Worked a bit harder at it, but anyway. So, so you obviously, um, that was your position of choice, obviously, being a goalie. So what sort of made you sort of go down that path and saying, well, I, I like being, I want to be the person kind of stopping a, the goals, you know? It was really just because we were getting into hockey, and yeah. my uncle from Canada sent us down some goalie gear and some player stuff, and obviously Danny wanted to be the goalie Just, just street hockey gear, right? Yeah. So he sent it from Manitoba to Bermuda, and I wanted to be a goalie. My favorite player was uh, Patrick Waugh. He's the goalie yeah, from Montreal. Yeah, Patrick Patrick Waugh. There's two of them. One there. But, of course, I was, like, That's 12. Kind of... Was he a Canadian, wasn't he? Was Montreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Patrick Waugh, yeah, I remember that, man. So, of course, I strapped on the goalie pads... But Ted was probably like eight years old or something like that. Um, five years younger. So yeah, five years younger because so he could yeah. barely shoot the ball. Or at least it wasn't challenging enough for me. Yeah. Uh, so we just swapped. I put him in goal and started shooting. Uh, so that, that's... I remember that, the protection happened. was only like a bib, yeah. you know, for the chest. <laughs> so there was nothing on the arms. Yeah. So my arms would be covered in bruises because I had nothing to protect my arms. Yeah. So, and I, we actually wore that for kind of the first couple of years of playing roller hockey so I never had any sleeve protection at all playing goal. So. so did you also did you go to sort of mini games growing up as well like when you were in Canada and they were playing did you go to like not a lot because we, we would visit in the summer yeah. um, and okay. the ice hockey season isn't yeah. but we, we were desperate to go you know we were big fans so yeah. I, I went to games in Toronto and Buffalo yeah. when I was in boarding school um and I don't know, Ted, did you get a, over to many games? Mm, I think just when we were visiting Canada, I can only remember one going to a Maple Leafs game in Toronto with Dad. I think we were visiting Sarah University, maybe. But I remember the prices. Like, Toronto is a place like where you got the tickets are sold out for like five years. So they really You have to get it from a scalper or something. Yeah. To get a ticket, so we played quite a bit, I remember. So, um, okay, so growing up, um, and then obviously you went to university. What did you study at university, each of you? What did you study here? I did a degree in history um, and political science. Um, didn't really, and uh, at one point I wanted to be a history professor, but uh, <laughs> didn't pursue that. Um, after university, I ended up in the United Kingdom, so I moved to London. Um, met How old were you when you went to London? I guess t- 22, yeah. yeah, early 20s or yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah, t- yeah, I loved it. Loved London. Met my now wife there. Um, worked in the city. Working in foreign exchange. Um, yeah, loving life. But it, eventually we just sort of, my wife and I decided we, we wanted to... Uh, have a family, and, and London really wasn't really um, 
the best place in our in our opinion to to raise a family i mean so we had the choice so we moved back to bermuda ted yeah so maybe Ted should fill in some of the gaps because he yeah, so Ted, yeah, he, he can to, connect New Zealand. You went to you know. university? Yeah, well. we went to the same university. Yeah, what, what were you studying? So I studied economics and philosophy. Okay, economics and philosophy. Yeah. Okay, and then after after you sort of finished uni, what did you what did you do then next? Uh, what did I do? Well, I can't. I worked for the Bank of New York for a little bit in Bermuda. Yep. So you went back then, to Bermuda. Yep. Well, I guess we should mention that we came to New Zealand. Yeah, no, I'm trying <laughs> oh, to you were in 2001, yeah, we yeah, came. 2001, we came. 2001, the first time you came in, yep. Yeah, so I was just finished university. Ted was still in university, yep. and we came to New Zealand. So, um, and that was on the sort of, our father had been here. He'd visited New Zealand in the 70s, worked yep. in Australia for a bit, traveled around and, and traveled around New Zealand. Um, so he was looking to sell his business in Bermuda and retire. And so he said, why don't you go... did he have in Bermuda? <laughs> so he was the funeral director. Okay. So, so it was sort of a 24-7 job, right? He couldn't really get away. So he sort of sent us on a reconnaissance sort of mission to go... Because he was ready to retire, so he yep. sort of sent us over, yep. check out New Zealand, um, you know, see, just check it out, you know, see what, what was going on there, where it would be a nice place to settle down. I mean, for us, it was just a trip. You know, we we went around the world. Yep. We stopped in, in Europe and saw a lot of things. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And that's where Dan and I really got to know each other because, like you said, that five-year gap when you're growing up is a pretty big... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've got two brothers. One was a bit closer, 18 months, and the other one's seven years. So a younger brother was seven years difference. That, well, seven, maybe eight. That's, you know, it's a bit of a little bit of a, enough of a difference mm-hmm. that you're sort of not um, in each other's face. Um, yeah, well, growing up, you know, Dan had his own friends, I had mine. Yeah, didn't different really, you know, you yeah. meet at the dinner table for yeah. like an hour, and it's like, yeah. you know, it's, and it's funny how strange. You... And then, of course, I left for boarding school and yeah. then university, so it's a good thing Ted came to the same university, and we yeah. went on that trip. Yeah, yeah. We, like Ted said, it was when we got to know each other. So it was 2001, you both came together, and you, well, ended up in New Zealand. Well, we actually came to this rank when we were visiting. Back in 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because this book, Frank, was built in 96 and we were so already... Five years before then. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it was basically brand new. I mean, as far as ranks go, this, this thing is, you know, Canada, some ranks are like 100 years old. <laughs> but, you know, even though it was only five years old, it looked like it was, you know, it, I think the, the owners who built it really struggled right away. Like, it was, it was tough uh, going. So why did they struggle, do you think? What did they just I just think, yeah, it was a, they spent a lot of money. I think the council had a lot of, you know, requirements for the aesthetics of the buildings. Yeah, so yeah. They, I mean, you look at these beams and these arches, like, you go to Canada, you don't, you know, you don't see ranks. Like, they're just a square box, you know, utilitarian. This is, like, you know, really beautifully done. So it's, got, it's, it's got its own um, character, its own style, nothing else. Yeah, and all these just you know shifts around like you don't see that <laughs> yeah i think one of the the bigger problems was that it was designed as a multi-use facility so they i think they had uh, go-karts planned in the summer and then ice in the winter and it was open air so yep. there was all this moisture damage immediately you know coming into the building you know, and there was no roof there was a roof sure but it was there was no walls when dan and i came here 
we were the only people here. Like we played, we so rented these, some so hockey sticks. So when you first came, you these walls were here, or no, there it was here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, this yeah. we built obviously the fireplace and yeah. all this stuff. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was just, but facing the lake where. Yeah. That was all it was just framing, yeah. you know, with it was open to the wind, and of course that created problems, oh, you know, with the wind coming in. <laughs> Even though there's sort of trees, um, it doesn't have any sort of... Yeah, there was like mold growing on the uh, ceiling, yeah. you know, and all yeah. this stuff. You know, it, was, it looks like we would have never guessed it was only five years old. <laughs> and yeah. I, like I said, when we came in, I think we were the only ones here, and we rented some hockey sticks, and they sectioned off the, the far end where we could play a little shinny hockey, which we still do to this day. Um, but we were kind of joked about it back then. Oh, maybe we'll come back and buy this place. That was a bit of a joke yeah. in 2001. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was kind of. I mean, we we do owe the families that built this. Um, you know, they spent a huge amount of money to build this uh, facility, um, but there were mistakes made along the way. I think they they used an Australian architect who had no experience building ice rinks. Um, I think and in course, particular there using had been a, a collapse of an ice rink roof was it in Christchurch or in Carville or I don't think it was an ice rink. It was like the some co- roof had collapsed with the snow loading. So at that time when this was being, I think they really over-engineered the roof to. I think it can cope with like ten feet of snow on top of this thing. Yeah, which is like obviously. I mean, you've been in Queenstown, and you know you barely get a dusting down in the town every now and then. And it melts pretty quickly, so I think there was a bit of over engineering that, that happened as well. Weather's one of those things that can be hard. Well, yeah, that was one in hundred year storm, maybe you know. Yeah. But, uh, I had a contractor builder come in once, and he he described the building as being like a World War Two bunker. It's like <laughs> it is very reinforced, you know, the base, the building, and the concrete, and then the, the steel holding the roof. It's uh, quite an impressive structure. Yeah. So obviously made made a lasting impression on you. Obviously when you first came here, and then obviously you had to go back at some stage to Bermuda. Or well, I went back to finish my degree. Yep. Um, I guess Dan went back. To, of course, Dan had a kid, you know, as well along the way there. So it must um, be had already. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-three year old boy. Good. <laughs> yeah. So man, I, um, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I actually came back to New Zealand while I was finishing my degree. I did a year abroad um, here in New Zealand at Canterbury University in um, 2003, I think it was. So I came back and lived in Christchurch for a year there. So that gave me another um, insight into New Zealand, yep. and how much I liked it. And uh, I came back again in 2006 to start a law degree after working for the Bank of New York for so, a while. Uh, where were you doing the law degree at Canterbury? It's Canterbury again. Yeah. Yeah. My parents had bought a, by that time they'd bought a place in Christchurch. Yeah, so they loved it enough, they bought somewhere up there, you know. Yeah, they weren't here full time yet, they were yep. still going back and forth Bermuda and Canada. Yep. But they had bought a place in Christchurch where I lived while I was studying. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then, yeah, after a year of that, I was, like, was, was kind of disillusioned with law, I was like, I don't think this is for me, and I came to Queenstown just to do some skiing, or, you know, and just, so I got a job. Um, well, I got a job here at the rink just yep. to pay the bills, you know. And uh, so that was 2007. I actually worked a full year at the ice rink. So I was, you know, doing everything. And it was great insight to, you know, to see how it all worked. And, and, uh, and a couple of years later, we were back here. Well, I think at that point, you, that. you knew that it was 
for sale. Potentially for sale, yeah. yeah I don't think it was listed or anything, but they were. Oh, yeah, the owner. Yeah. yeah, the Hucks and uh, the Siddics, um, both local families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, from from Tahiti and uh, Indonesia originally. Yeah. So you you started a young family pretty much, you know, more than twenty years ago. Well, yeah, I have a, another. Well, <laughs> Tristan is twenty-three, but yeah. my I have three other kids: ten, eight, and uh, four years old. So, yeah. yeah, it's a big gap there. Definitely. Um, yeah. um, and where were best did you sort of? Uh, where, would, where did you spend those next five years after two thousand and one? Where were you? I lived in London. Yeah. Uh, I was there for about seven years. Um, yeah. And then, as I said, we were <clears throat> looking to start a family. Um, and we decided to move back to Bermuda. Ted came to London at that point, and the, the plan was to, to go back to Bermuda and set up an electric car dealership. Uh, so this was well, like this is before it's 2007, 2008. Yeah, 2008. I mean, that's a whole other side story. But my, our father bought an electric car in Bermuda in 1999. Yeah, so it was like one of the first years. electric cars. You know, it was, yeah. it's just a retrofit out of Boston. Someone just put a bunch of batteries in it. And, um, my father's friend was importing them. But that got my eyes opened anyway. I was like, you know, as soon as the battery technology is there, like, these things are going to take over. They just made so much sense. There's no maintenance, you know. Yeah. Especially on an island like Bermuda, the gas prices uh, were it, insane. It makes sense, you know, the size of the island. Yeah, yeah with yeah, the range you limitations. Much have electric cars only if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. But we, uh, obviously, the timing was not great with yeah. the GFC. Yeah. Um, the companies we were talking to were going under. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tesla was the only small. one that survived, in fact, um, at that point. And you couldn't bring those cars into Bermuda. It would yep. be too costly and too big and too powerful. So we kind of shelved that idea completely. And we, we sort of said, well, what are we going to do? You know, and we... We knew the rink. I think you saw again that the well, rink was for sale or somebody I, you know, saw... When we... Yeah. We're traveling in 2001. I think we signed up for some real estate. You know, you sign up, you, they get your email address, and then you get e- real estate emails every yeah. day, pretty much. Yes. Anyway, so it, it popped up, you know, just, just going through my emails, and the ice rink popped up as, you know, for sale, you know, 2009. And so we were, you know, we uh, saw that, and then we just started talking about it, you know, ranks up for sale. And I think it was... When I was here in 2007, they had cut the asking price in half since then. You know, the so what, so the asking price had halved, okay. And, and from 2007 to 2009. Because of the GFC. GFC, and I think, I think the, the previous owners were just, you know, they'd had enough. You know, they were ready yeah. to move on as well, so. That was sort of so the way up. It was quite interesting, that, you know, all the timing of it all. So we traveled down here and met with um, Rick Siddick, who was running the place at the time, and his wife, Dini. And so we worked with them for a year. Yeah. And obviously really. your dad would have had probably a bit to do with going through the due diligence and buying it and all that sort of stuff. So what was his sort of first comments about about the idea? <laughs> well, I think he was quite supportive, you know, because we, we, we really wanted to do something sort of community-focused that was, yeah. you know, going to... Because the place needed some work, obviously, yeah. you know. So it was, it was an exciting challenge that we thought we could bring you know, improvements and benefit the community as well as turn the business around, hopefully, you know. 
Um, so yeah, it was, I think we saw it as a project, really, yeah. to start with. I yeah. mean, it was very low key, right? You just yeah. don't forget during the GFC. I mean, I think when we worked for the Cidex, um, uh, Rick and Dini, um, we had one day where we didn't have a single customer coming through the doors. You know, so. We were starting from a very low base, yeah, you know, and yeah, I was like, how can this go? Yeah, <laughs> I can't go backwards. And uh, Ted and I were doing everything for, ye- for a couple, the first couple of years, we were doing everything, you know, we were, wow, I mean, there might be one or yeah, two other never. people, but it was like, we were, we'd be coaching kids on the ice, uh, like school groups, cooking fries in the cafe and cleaning the toilets. And (laughs) if somebody came in when we were coaching the kids, we'd one of us would have to get off the ice and go and hire them some skates and tell them to come out, you know? So if we moved to now, how many staff members would you have currently? Uh, eight or nine, I guess now. It's down from, I guess, pre COVID we might have, uh, 10 or yeah, to so 12. There's some max. part-timers yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. it's not a real yeah. full time. So, so 2009, wasn't it? So we bought it finally in 2010. Because we were, we were applying for a residency, obviously, as well. Because yep. we didn't want to buy it until yeah, we that, yeah. were residents, obviously. So. so we were working through that in 2009. Um, yeah, so that all started in 2010, and we ended up buying it then. And and as, a, as I said in the chamber meeting, we were pretty naive about the length of time and energy and effort it would take to... Uh, so we had a vision of where we wanted it to go, and I guess we just thought we could just Get do it, you know? And But it uh, it really has been a... Um, what are the things know? that have surprised you the most about owning the rink as far as the, the work involved to try to get to that level that you envisaged? That's a pretty tough question, Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was the hardest? What's the? I guess you you look at the, um, your, what you envisage for the ice arena, and how long it would take to get there. And it's obviously um, the the process in getting there has probably been a little bit slower than what you would have liked yeah. or, or envisaged. Well, I mean, the thing what, is, what do you think? We we wanted the rink to grow sort of organically, right? Yeah, so we didn't yeah. want to like borrow a huge amount of money, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so we wanted it to grow, and we thought that that would be better as the town grew, yeah. the rink would grow with it, you know, like, yeah. so we, we basically poured all the um, profits that we made have gone back into the business, yeah, no, so no, we haven't pulled anything out of the business really at all, um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, it's just grown slowly, we sort of thought we'd come in, and we wanted to do the boards and glass, like, first, because we were hockey fans, you know, That's before this, it was just wooden boards, and there was just some netting coming down. I think it was like fishnets that you drop for, for hockey. And yeah. you'd have hockey, and you know, you'd have pucks hitting nets, and people standing too close. <laughs> you know, it's just when you think about it now, it's almost crazy. But, um, but we just realized, obviously, that wasn't going to bring in any really additional revenue. So what we what we actually did first was this whole cafe area. It's made, beautiful. It's a, it's it's. Um, it's still a bit cold. <laughs> what do you call it? The highlight of the, the rink. It's just a nice little. It's just nice. What you've yeah, done. Yeah. Well, your thank you. Trophy cabinet. Well, cabinet there looks like it's got lots of little memorabilia bits and yeah. trophies in it. Well, in the end, we sort Pictures. of realized, we you know, because kids love skating, right? They yeah. they enjoy it no matter what. They don't care. But 
parents didn't want to stay here the way this old cafe was. It was just like yeah. kind of scary. You need people to feel comfortable. Yeah, sit down, sit down and have a coffee, and yeah. you know, so that was something that would generate some additional revenue. So we decided to focus on making this a little bit nicer to start with, yeah. and then have a proper cafe. I think before <laughs> it was just one of those push button coffee machines. Yeah, and no. you know. That was fine for us coming from North America. You know, everyone just has the black pot of coffee. Yeah. But Kiwis, we've realized quite quickly, they, they love their, uh, you know, proper coffees, you know. Because we never really thought about having a full-on espresso-type machine, you know. But uh, we figured that out pretty quickly. <laughs> the push button wasn't going to fly. So when you first when you sort of first became owners of this, did, were there ice hockey games, like professional ice hockey games, going on back Back in 2010, yeah, yeah, had just started in 2006. Okay, so they've been around since about well, 2006. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I guess when I was here in 2007, that was just their second year of yeah. um, of running. Yeah. I think we had won. We won the very first championship, didn't we? 2006. Well, I think it was 2005. They won 2005 and 2006. The okay, so yeah, yeah, there. Quite a few 2005, yeah. I guess, was yeah. the first year then. Yeah, so. It was a pretty young league, I guess, when we took over. But so, how many teams would be in the league? You know? So there's six now. Um, so there's three Auckland teams, I guess, with the Mako. So the Auckland teams come down here. That's that's pretty cool. So Auckland, Christchurch, Dunedin, and us. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, there's I guess three <laughs> Auckland-based teams now. I guess. Yeah, obviously big population. So yeah. Yeah, um, they they created an under twenty three team this year. Uh, as the sixth team, um, and that was to to give the younger kids a bit more of a they need more ice time, you know. Uh, yeah. So they weren't necessarily getting on the big teams. The, the younger kids wouldn't get as much ice time as as maybe you'd hope. Um, and of course, you need them to get that experience to develop as players, so that they can represent the country or, or indeed make the the jump up to the top lines. On their domestic clubs, yeah. yeah. So typically, in a in a in a season, how many uh, games would each team have to play? So typically, we had eight home games here in Queenstown. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be sixteen. So now it's ten home games, um, twenty games in total, and then okay. so then some team, playoff games. Playing every team at home twice. Going, yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. So they usually do double headers, or they always do double headers. So one night, so and the next night. That's right, Friday, yeah. Saturday yeah. Or so like a lot of a lot of effort from uh, everybody involved, the volunteers, from yeah. hockey club, us obviously running the, um, and then the players having to do two back to back games is 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 pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, so they usually play a couple of times a week. That's usually back to back. Yeah, typically in ice hockey, you wouldn't do a lot of back-to-back games you know like in the NHL you usually yeah. have a, a day off you know at least uh, but yeah. it's just a, it's a matter of finances you know if you're going to fly a team down here yeah. um, and spend a weekend uh, you're better off putting in the, the two two games I guess I mean we're not we're not we don't have any direct involvement in the uh, the club or the team so we don't make the, yeah that's yeah. right we, we do our best to put on a good show and yeah. You know, make sure the venue's looking good. Yeah. So what are the, when's the next ice hockey game that they've got here? Is, that, is it one this weekend or is it the following weekend? Or? It's a couple weekends away now, I think three, three weeks. It's not until July, yeah. No, there's a home game. game. Is there? Okay, yeah. I might come to try to get to the mid, well, is there one in the first week of July? 
Yeah, I would recommend you come, Tim. You, you'd have a blast. It's, yeah, uh, no, definitely. Not it's just a matter of getting the timing right. I'm here for um, all of June, pretty much, except for the first day or something. So I'm here all of June. I'm here for the first two weeks of July. So hopefully there'll be a game or two to, to come in that Have time. you ever you've never been um, to a hockey game? Not here, no. no. You have been to a hockey game before. Um, I was going to watch the Rangers once, but I didn't end up going. But, uh, so you haven't seen a game because not live. No, I've seen it on TV plenty of times. But I think when people see a game finally live up close, they yeah. really realize like it, for a lot of people, it just totally changes them. They get obsessed with it. They yeah. will start playing, you know, and it just goes from there. And that's the great thing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm the sort of builder. <laughs> might, might be able to play golf. Maybe I don't know. Nah, I think you'd be fine. There's a lot bigger guys. In there. Well, they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, if you're a big guy, if you're a big guy playing professional hockey, what, what's usually your position? Is it if you're a hundred defenseman, yeah. defensive person? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the social leagues obviously they don't hit, you know. Just, so there's no hitting in the social leagues. No, no, not even a shot. I mean, there's a bit of argy bargy <laughs> we call it. You know, people get a little feisty. There's unintended right. collisions all the time. <laughs> unintended collisions. But there is no full out. You know, you're not, you're not supposed to hit people. Because that's a whole other level of hockey. You really need to know what you're doing. Keep your head up, you know, or else you can end up. I guess that's that's been the really great thing is seeing the growth. Well, obviously of the business, so that's been great. But but all of the ice sports have grown tremendously over the last decade. So when we started, there was one figure skater. Um, in the figure skating club, and I, I, I'm not even sure what the total numbers are. It's well over 30 uh, now, and um, the hockey club has just ballooned. And the, there's, you know, multiple leagues, and uh, there's a whole community around ice hockey that um, that spend that really, you know, this place is their second home. I, I think um, so. That's been fantastic to see. And of course, we started speed skating and. And we we do curling now it's as well. It's all the different things you can do when you think about it. You know, speed skating. You know, that's um, that's that's obviously all these different Olympic sports. That's There's right. Yeah. And yeah. Figure and ice curling is it? That's sort of where you push. Push your rock down the thing with like a broom or something. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. And I think you know what what people should understand is that you know because they're niche sports in in New Zealand. The opportunity to represent your country is actually it's it's there and it's tangible and it's achievable. Yeah. You just need to put in the the hours, you know, and the the effort. Um, so, Queenstown's got lots of uh, there's lots of individuals that have represented uh, their country in the in ice sports here. So, it's particularly ice hockey. You've probably heard of the Stephen Bradbury story, yeah, the Australian who, uh, yeah, yeah, won the gold gold medal. Well, that's the only ice sport, speed skating, that New Zealand is actually at the Olympic level. So, um, it, it obviously, it's very hard to get uh, to that championship level in ice hockey and, and in deep figure skating. But uh, um, you know, with enough time and more rinks built, there's no reason why New Zealand. New Zealanders are billed for ice sports, <laughs> so yeah. um, you know there's no reason. We just need more more facilities. So I know you guys spend a lot of time here, but do you get 
opportunities to go up the mountains, Coronet Peak, Remarkables, and, and uh, do some skiing or snowboarding up there or enjoy it? Not a whole lot. <laughs> Ted and I have had our nose to the grindstone. Yeah, we, yeah. The winters are busy, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I mean, it's no reason that we couldn't. It's just. I, know, I can know, understand why you. The, yeah. the days off, I'm like doing laundry and, you know, a <laughs> list of things we got to get done, you know, yeah. so. But uh, my youngest is now four, so she'll start skiing soon. So now we can take the whole family um, up there. So I imagine the next few years I'll be, we'll be spending more time up there. We had a last year, was it last year? No, 2019. NZ Ski took us up, um, and we were skating up at Lake Alta on the natural ice, um, which was a fantastic, it was sort of like a little documentary series done by... Um, no, no, no. DQ funded it and our uh, destination Queenstown and it was, that was an amazing experience. Uh, we sort of combined ice skating and uh, yeah, you'll find it on our website. There's a little short video, um, which is the interview and yeah, uh, one of our story. Yeah, it was a great day. But I think going back to you know, at least for me anyway, why I got into it was was remembering those Sundays going to the tennis courts in Bermuda and playing hockey and how excited you know I would be to, like I would look forward to Sunday that was my day of the week you know like, <laughs> I would look forward to playing those games and that's what I really felt I felt a real connection I still do to that those tennis courts you know like it was but just a place of joy just to imagine those tennis courts they actually have the <laughs> rock down the middle or no or like no. they were old tennis courts so, so like yeah. the nets were gone nets were the gone, posts yeah. someone cut them out or whatever yeah but, so it was really, it was terrible. Like the, you know, there was cracks all on the surface, yeah. and you know, it was all ash. And then, well, there was concrete walls to it, so like yeah. you had to be careful because <laughs> you could just skate, and then you know you'd hit the concrete wall, be like knee high, so you just flip right over the side. But my my friend in school actually wrote a letter to the uh, somebody at the government, Bermuda governments, and they actually he got funding to turn the that uh, skating rink into a proper. It wasn't skating, tennis court to a proper skating rink. Okay. So that was really cool. We got it redone, re-asphalted. So that was, like, big for us. And now, like, even beyond then, like, in the last couple of years, they've totally bulldozed that area. Now they've got a, a proper roller rink where they're hosting, like, international stuff. Wow. So, like, they've got the proper surface, like, boards of glass like this. You know, so it's, like, a proper... So it's, it's great to see that that's evolved from those tennis courts to, you know, an international... But like I said, that, that for me was like this place was was realizing that that could be that place for a lot of kids growing up here. You know, hopefully they look back and they're like, "Wow, I loved coming to the rink yeah. and you know playing with my friends." And, it's a way to do it. And, and it's not so much about like like I said, doubt a lot of them will remember me <laughs> personally, but but they'll they'll remember the place. You know, like that's what I feel like because I always just from my own personal experience, I always remember those. Those tennis courts <laughs> in that place, you know, it was a, just a lot of fun growing up. So hopefully we, we've uh, recreated that for some people. And we've seen kids grow up here, you know, from from little five-year-olds and now they're playing on the stampede, you know, so we've seen, you know, yeah, over... Yeah, definitely makes you feel old. <laughs> 12, 13 years we've seen these kids go, yeah, from so you from kids talk, to men. So we're talking about, you know, when was the last time you guys were back there? I haven't been back since we moved. Uh, I was really hoping to go and watch the America's Cup. Um, in Britain, as you know, it was there um, and, and cheer on New Zealand. But we just 
we couldn't get there. You yeah, know, not, the, it's the wrong timing, of course, for us with the uh, ice rink being busy uh, during that time of the year. That but, was huge for Bermuda. Though. I mean, they never had anything yeah. like that. I would urge anybody who hasn't been there to go. It's a, it's a fantastic place. Um, yeah, pink sand. I mean, you don't see pink sand. <laughs> Look at it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Put it on your uh, bucket list. I have yeah. not seen a better beach, that's for sure. It's uh, pretty incredible. It's not like one of those places that has any sort of bad reputation. It's only got good reputation, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's had a few tough years. You know, financial crisis yeah. hit Bermuda. They lost a lot of people sort of but you don't have any sort of, there's no sort of crime there it's just it's, uh, it's, it's fine I mean compared to you know most places yeah. it's pretty yeah. but I don't think it holds a candle to Queenstown no, personally no let's, okay, let's talk about <laughs> Queenstown it's like you've obviously been here yeah we love Queenstown I yeah mean, and you obviously love what, you, what you've what you done here it's, it's been really really good so what, are the, what is it about this part of the world that you know that you guys like I guess uh, you're both here you're both brothers mm. you're both getting along um, not a lot of brothers get along as closely as probably what you guys do. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it, that's a story in itself. Tell me about Queenstown. Where, what do you like here? What, what other things do you like to do? The people, what, what have you found? Yeah, so obviously the, the landscape is what drew us here first when we drove through uh, back in 2001. Um, just coming up, I guess coming from an island, you know, you're you're used to that, you know, the seashore and the beaches, but uh, coming up from the West Coast, we drove up from the West Coast and seeing the, the mountain ranges, the lakes and the, um, the blue sky. I mean, it was just such a, yeah, it was an incredible experience and it, and it stuck with, it certainly stuck with me since uh, 2001 and, and with always in the back of my mind that, you know, this would be a place to live, you know. Um, but once we got here, obviously, when we moved here, Queenstown was a, a smaller community than it is now. Um, and, uh, you know, we, moving into the rink and becoming part, you know, very quickly, um, you know, sort of getting involved in the community in that way, I think helped a lot. Uh, I think it was a little harder for people coming from outside back then uh, without having that, um, you know, ability to, to, to sort of mingle with locals. And uh, so that was incredible, just immediately getting engaged with the community and meeting locals from, the, from day one um, and being involved. Um, obviously raised a family here now, very involved with, uh, you know, my school, you know, my son's school. Um, and, yeah, I mean fully engaged but uh yeah the rink is taking most of our time right now but you know maybe that we'll be able to i think maybe one of the things we missed a trick on was was maybe not doing you know ted and i are not great self-promoters um and we didn't get involved so you came to our very first chamber of commerce event after you know 12 years of running you know and i think that was a mistake we should have maybe engaged more with the business community um, and getting out there and telling our story a bit more uh, from from day one, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we, like I said, we were just so busy, yeah. and we but still I, are. Yeah, you I mean, know, the newspaper was coming. You, they, you know, you were pretty done some newspaper stories that are on, on the internet. I've seen, I read a couple. Um, yeah. So a bit of bit, bit of stories out there. But you know, as you said, uh, we can always 
do more promotion. But uh, Ted, just before I get to something else, um, your take on living here, what, what do you sort of love about it? Yeah, well, you know, again, like, I think when we first came here, like we said, we drove down from the West Coast, and I mean, there were literally, I think we went through Baymouth, and there's like a tumbleweed that rolled across the, yeah. across the street, and we're like, well, so, so coming from those towns, and then when you get to Queenstown, it's like yeah. night and day, right? I mean, yeah. there's such a vibrant atmosphere here with, you know, travelers and tourists and all the bars, and, you know, yeah. you know I was a 21-year-old, and I was 19, I guess, when I first came here. You know, it was just, it went from, you know, pretty quiet little sleepy towns to like, whoa, full on, you know, party town. So that was quite attractive, yeah. you know, my younger yep. years. Yes, you know, you know, people from all over the world were working here, you know. You could meet literally anyone from any corner of the planet going on a night out in Queenstown. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was a lot of fun to, uh, And we have met Bermudians out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just by chance, um, yeah. So yeah, just that vibrancy, I guess, with the town, and uh, you know, it's an exciting place to be. There's always things going on. And so, so um, uh, Dan said you've got four kids. Do you have children yourself? Or no, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thinking about it, but we'll see. I guess having traveled a bit, um, Queenstown really is a, a unique place in my opinion yeah. I don't think there's any um, any place quite like it um, that has this variety of uh, activities and and attractions so I like to say it's it's all things to all people from backpacker to billionaire and that is very very unique and it, it's something we should uh, we should treasure and and make sure that we you know preserve for the future um, the young people bring the vibrancy and energy to the place um, and of course we want to attract a uh, you know more affluent crowd as well but uh, uh, I think the great strength of Queenstown is that breadth of uh, attractions and, and things for that draw in people from all over the world yeah. um, and those people we know so many of them. You know, we've been blessed to have so many great employees that are now residents and citizens of New Zealand, um, and they've contributed greatly. They've set up their own businesses uh, here in town. So, what a great cosmopolitan place Queenstown is. You know, let's you know, let's hope we uh, we keep it keep it that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I sort of want to ask. You obviously, I've, I've spoken to. A, uh, I was talking to a friend, uh, a new friend last week um when you have a look at the ice rink around here you look at all the different people advertising businesses advertising tell us how that all works i mean uh, is it is it pretty i mean obviously you've got quite a few um, people advertising their businesses here um do they obviously have like a deal where they subscribe to a year and advertise how does that all work yeah well we all started so we didn't have when we put in the boards and glass which yeah it's kind of hard to, yeah. if you don't know about hockey, uh, you know, for a podcast, you can't really visually see it. But basically, the you know the, the barrier around the rink, with yeah. the glass and the um, dasher boards. We put those in in 2016, I think. So once we put those in, you know, as a trying to fund the cost of them, obviously yep. we were selling ad space. 
Yep. And uh, a lot the community got on board with that and you know, what the realized that was yeah. sort of helping out to cover some of the cost of putting them in. Yep. Um, and that's just carried on, you know, yeah, we sell it basically this season or a year. Yep. Um, and now we've got under ice ads, um, large under ice ads um, as well, which are yeah, it's great and you know, great response. And as I said, it's part of that community thing. Um, you know, there's a community around it, so the businesses yeah. that are involved and the but it's a those bit owners. Like, the way I look at it, this is a little bit like you, you go to these golf courses and you've got someone sponsoring the hole. It's a little yeah. bit like that, isn't it? That it's sponsoring, and got the, you can see it, you know, visually there and the supporting. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a two-factor thing. I think it does actually, because I mean, we I'm not sure what the numbers are exactly, but there's well over 20, 30, 40,000 playing a year. Yep. Unique visitors that come through here yeah, you know? yeah. so it's it's a busy place in the winter so they are getting their business out there but I think they're also feel good about you know supporting something local and yeah. you know getting their name out there as you know it is like kind of being on a yeah. golf course I, I mean as I spoke to an ad, person who advertised here last week and he said it's, you know, he loves doing it he just loves yeah. putting you know whatever money it is putting it into it and yeah. helping out the community. I think it is. It's good for your business to show yeah. that you're part of the community and support. Yeah, the it's, and it's good value. It's it's really not yeah. expensive. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're not charging it's less than a dollars a month. Basically. Um, yeah, there's money less than a couple of grand a year. It's absolutely top of the sound So, well, if it's twelve weeks, when we started it, we were yeah. only six months, right? Yeah. We were just running in the winter, but yeah. now we are actually pretty much year round now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's far so less than like hundred dollars. Fifty bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not much. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Really. And that's for the expensive ones. And they're good. I mean, they're obviously good quality signs. I mean, you know, yeah, you have to spend a bit of money on. Yeah, you obviously do that. But then, you know, who's you know, whose property? That's you know, it's, it's, it's worth uh, whatever they you know spend on that. It's, it's something that's always there. Yeah, and we the Stampede have you know they've had great local sponsors as well. You know, uh, yeah. Sky City has stepped up, but yeah. a lot of sponsors over the years. I think Fresh Choice and uh, well, I think you know, you know it's know, great to have these. Also what we've done to the building, you know, we put all this lo- a lot of money into the building to make it look, you know, a lot more attractive and inviting. And I think that's helped, you know, as well yeah, to, definitely. to get, you know, businesses interested in sponsorship and all that stuff. So it's all worked hand in hand together to improve it every year. So I guess what does the future look like for you guys if you sort of got to this point now? Where do you see the ice rink uh, in five years' time? We've got a few more major uh, renovations to, to take place. So this year we're purchasing a electric ice resurfacer, a Zamboni. So we're replacing the gas-fired Zamboni. Uh, Zamboni. Um, it's, I don't know, when's it due, Ted? It's looking like August now. Yeah. There's a big delay with COVID on the batteries. They've just yep. been waiting, waiting get those so but um yeah it's a big big step because obviously we're into electric vehicles we wanted to do this for a long time but yeah just uh finally got the resources together and found a good one because they're expensive machines right they're 250,000 us new so so this is second hand by the way (laughs) it's the second hand one we found in austria you know they kept good care of it so but then I guess the next thing, you know, right above us where we're speaking now is a large um, courtyard above. Um, okay. So I think the next step would be to, to maybe build that out into some sort of cafe area. Because that looks directly over the ice. There's, yeah. there's windows yeah. up there. So 
that'll probably be you know sort of a VIP area for for events and things like that. Yeah, building a cafe for the gardens and and for use here as a yeah, yeah as you said a VIP area or a bar for the, the games. The, you know, yeah. you know that's, these are just on the to do list. You know if the, if the money's there, obviously. Yeah. With COVID, things are a little dicey. But I'd be remiss not to mention what you recently just added uh, which are those dodgem what do you call them those dodgem bumper cars yeah nice bumper cars yeah so that's a pretty cool idea and I think um, you know a couple weeks ago we got to have a bit of a a play with those Uh, did you get out there yeah yeah yeah, and had to play joysticks on left and right Um, a little tricky to get a hang of uh, yeah (laughs) once you get the sort of momentum you can go straight ahead or left or right bash into people it's just fun well it's kind of a homage like you said to um, because we they used to have bumper boats on this site okay. with the with the first rank that was built here in 66 they had bumper boats as well as okay. skating so um it's kind of interesting to bring them back because yeah. those are a lot more like bumper boats yeah those and cars right, than yeah, bumper cars cool. you know yeah. so, so they got the big inflatable tube around the outside so it's, yeah. it's kind of cool that we've sort of brought that back into the mix of things so does, does this have i mean obviously it's right in the queenstown gardens but what does it have much to do with the rest of what happens around in these Queenstown Gardens, the rink, do you get involved in any of the other things, activities outside of the rink? Well, we uh, we hire Frisbees for the disc golf course. Okay, so we've um, got a disc golf course right here, and I've, I've been and thrown some Frisbees on it. Um, so, but you can obviously hire the hip fruit or get the Frisbees from here. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, you can get them through us or, or you purchase your own discs. Because they do have a few tournaments there. Do you ever see the them having like tournaments and stuff or frisbee tournaments yeah, yeah. they're fairly frequent, frequently actually like, seems that way there was we sort of have to close the course and stop renting the discs when they're having their big tournament because they get all a little bothered by the tourists coming oh, yeah. in and they're professional uh, so that, I guess they they cordon off the course for those big tournaments they yeah, do, but, yeah but there's also well yeah we do a, a 3 for 30 deal which combines ice skating bumper cars and the frisbee golf so that's just 30 bucks and you hire a frisbee yeah, three yeah, activities yeah, yeah. for $10 each is probably I don't know I can't think of a better deal in town for a yeah. family to oh, do and you can spend the whole afternoon in the gardens yeah, do yourself a favor on this if you want uh, you know very cheap to, to enjoy yourself here at the ice arena very cheap you got those three activities as you said very like $5 each or something what was it yeah. So three for thirty. So three for thirty. Do sorry, thir- yeah. Each three. each activity for ten dollars. Bumper yeah. cars, ice skating, and yeah, it's cheap. Uh, and the skating is all day pass, so you can come and go. Yeah, and you also got a you got like a unlimited season skating pass or something. How does that work? So it's a three month month membership for yourself for ninety nine dollars. So that's that's obviously great value for locals. You know, if you're gonna skate every week or something. Yeah. Week yeah, once yeah. a week. Yeah, it's definitely can pay for itself pretty quickly. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and that includes skate hire so you don't have to have your own skates as well so but i guess yeah beyond that we could even the building can be expanded to the to the front there so maybe we'd push that out eventually which would mean more capacity i mean we're already like the biggest venue downtown you know because we've done some summer events because obviously in the summer we melt the ice and it's a huge concrete floor so we can have really big events like wrestling we've done and we've done wrestling yeah <laughs> set up a ring in the middle and you have chairs all around it like so we can get up to a thousand people in here well, that's, you know that's with special permission yeah yeah we had hosted harley davidson and then just before covid we were we were scheduled to run a big, big uh, hewlett packard 
uh, corporate event. They, they had all of their staff being flown. We're gonna have it, some, it was canceled right at the last. Like we're going to have some celebrity singer. They wouldn't tell us who it was. <laughs> you know, it was that big sort of thing. But it was HP, right? So they were obviously it was going to be a pretty big ticket event. Sort yeah. Of. Oh, that's good, man. So, that's good that you can do those sort of events in potentially the off season. But our our off season's getting shorter and shorter now. We're keeping yeah. the rink open longer. Yeah. The bumper cars have really facilitated that. They, they've they they have really transformed the business um, just by offering another activity that's a little more universal than ice skating. You know, obviously yeah. some people are scared of skating, uh, but bumper cars anybody can get on them from five to. Just you know, seventy-year-olds. The uh, fact that they're all lit up with the LEDs. You know, when people walk in, it really brings a sense of life and vibrancy yeah. to the whole place yeah. when they're moving around back there. So yeah. I think that encourages people to give it a go, and whether it's skating or the bumper cars themselves, so yeah. it definitely helps a lot. And then yeah, people, of course, make their own videos, you know, and then they'll put that on their Facebook or whatever, which which helps helps us get out there. Anyway, guys, it's, it's certainly been a pleasure to have a chat to you for, I guess, most of the last hour and um, been able to find out some pretty cool stuff about your guys' background, um, about the ice arena here. It's, it's a great facility and I certainly can't wait to keep coming back here. You know? So, uh, it, it's, it's a, I guess, I don't know if you call it a, it's, I suppose you could, you could call it like a staple of, of, of Queenstown. It's one of the attractions here, uh, one of the, uh, centres that you've got to visit if you're even in town and local uh, you just got to have a look at and support it it's, it's, it's a great story that you guys have got um, and uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a really good facility yeah, well, thanks so much yeah I really appreciate it taking the time out to we'd encourage anybody you come and have a chat to us uh, either Ted or I are here all the time so yeah. if you ever want to chat about the, the ice rink um Please don't hesitate to come. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of great stories. You know, we've got a lot of old pictures up here from the old rinks past. Um, so it's always good to catch up with people that, you know, skated here as a kid or. Anything, so. uh, that's great. Thank you very much for your time, guys. I know we've probably got a busy, really, uh, busy rest of the day with different things going on, but uh, it's great to get this sort of out of the way early in the morning. I hope so. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. We'll, we'll uh, share it to you. I send the link. Um, it'll be up maybe even today. We'll see how we go with time and stuff I like to get these up pretty quickly yeah. not, I don't usually edit them I just say bang here we no go <laughs> <laughs> they just go up so that's been episode 17 of From the Resort Podcast Tim Wilshere has been with uh, Dan and Ted Graham from the Queensland I- Queenstown <laughs> ah, yeah. Queenstown Ice Arena thank is you is that guys. your Brisbane <laughs> <laughs>